If I offered you two different pairs of jeans and I told you that you can only wear one of them, you could probably decide in two seconds. But what if I offered you a thousand pairs of jeans and they're all slightly different and I said you can only wear one of these for the next 12 months straight. This will be your go-to pant of choice. What are you going to do? How do you even start to choose? That's exactly what I felt like when I was combing through thousands of listings whenever we were moving to a new apartment. I would spend hours a day stressing about, is this apartment in a good neighborhood? Is it going to accommodate my dogs? Does it fit my budget? I didn't know any of these. And the worst part is most of the listings didn't even tick all of my boxes. That is why Apartments.com is your best place to look for your new home. Apartments.com lets you filter your search based on whether you have pets, if you want a balcony, built-in AC, whatever it is that you're looking for. The website remembers your search so that you don't have to keep filtering every time you come back. And Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else, meaning no matter how specific your needs are, they got you. And your instant alerts mean that you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. So if you're looking for a new place to call home, head over to apartments.com apartments.com the place to find a place i really wish i could be one of those girls that loves doing cardio that's like every morning i need to get up and i need to run 10 miles but i genuinely prefer rotting in bed listening to audiobooks probably is the only way that i get any steps in a story that just makes any type of repetitive activity better is my favorite kind of story and my absolute favorite go-to platform to use is audible i love audible because of their unparalleled selection they've got thousands of titles to choose from they have audiobooks across every genre from thrillers to romance novels to self-help books but they also have podcasts guided wellness programs theatrical performances comedy originals i'm a thriller girly so i'm currently listening to a flicker in the dark by stacy willingham and the story follows a psychologist named chloe she moved to baton rouge to get away from the family's dark history chloe's dad is in prison for the kidnapping and murder of six young girls who went missing when chloe was a kid so there's a lot to unpack already chloe is the reason her dad got arrested she found this charm belonging to one of the victims in her dad's closet. But there are some things that just don't add up about the investigation. And just when Chloe feels like she's finally moving on from the past, a series of copycat murders start happening in Baton Rouge, forcing Chloe to dig up the past. The story is so fast-paced. I love it. And there are so many red herrings. Anyone can be a suspect, including Chloe's own husband, her brother. I've been listening to portions of this audiobook for about 30 minutes every single morning while I go out for a little light, I want to say jog, but right now it's more of a walk. And listening to audiobooks always sets me up to be more productive and creative throughout the day so if you're looking for a way to spice up your cardio sessions or just be more inspired sometimes i just play it and i rot in bed anyway i just lay there and i listen to it and it's so good i highly recommend using audible audible members can keep one title a month to keep from their entire catalog new members can try audible now for 30 days visit audible.com baking or text baking to 500 500 that's audible.com baking or text baking to 500 500 to try audible free for 30 days a bada bing bada bing. Well, welcome to this week's Bacon a Mystery, Bacon a Murder episode. Why am I whispering? <laughs> Hello, can you hear me? So here's what's going on. This episode, we're going to be making my favorite dessert, but in a new version of it. This is like the 2.0. It's tiramisu, but a f***ing cookie. Well, I tell you about this book that I read called Ungirls. Ungirls. UN girls. Oh, yeah. It's weird. What? This was like a short story Amazon um, book, and it's... I, 
was a wild ride, I tell you. I genuinely wish that this book was longer. It's one of those feelings where the world, the concept of the book, the world that the book takes place in feels like there could be so many layers to it. It's like an onion and I want to sit there and take my time crying because onions make you cry and then peeling back every single layer, studying it, the film on each layer. I mean, so much was going on. There are so many avenues to explore and it's it's amazing considering the fact that it was part of an Amazon short stories collection. The author Lauren Bukes did an amazing job. Like I cannot wait to pick up her other books. The Shining Girls I heard is great, or Zoo City. She's a screenwriter, documentary filmmaker, former journalist, and I feel like all of that played a role in this book. Like you can see each part. Like she brought the horror genre down and like in a hundred pages or something, okay? Which side note, she even um, interviewed sex workers in Cape Town just so that she could get more information and like, she really did her research and just overall fantastic read. I think I read like 90% of it in an Uber. <laughs> I cannot wait to read every single thing that she's put out. So with that being said, let's talk about Natalie. Wait, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> So the main story revolves around a girl named Natalie, but she hates her name Natalie, so really only her family members call her that. She goes by Nats, which I do think is a much cooler name. No offense if your name is Natalie. Listen, I'm so worried about offending people. Natalie, you have a beautiful name, but Nats is also a cool nickname. Have you thought about it? So Nats didn't have the funnest job in the world. Maybe she did. Maybe second to my job, but she had like the second funnest job in the world. It wasn't the safest. No, no it wasn't. But there was definitely something new every single day. Like it wasn't a nine to five where she just had to do the mundane emails and the same task every day. Every day was like a new adventure. Every single day. Besides, she loved her workplace environment. You know, it was just her in this dark sound isolated box with a microphone hanging in front of her. The Is directors. The director's smooth voice coming in through her headphones. It was a pretty good feeling. And uh, yeah, Nats is a voice actress. Sometimes she does commercial radio like Planet Fitness Pizza, where you can work out and have your cheat days. For the month of August, Planet Fitness Pizza, buy a gym membership, get a free pizza on us. Yeah, stuff like that, okay? She did those, you know, little commercial voices, like, you know what I'm talking about, okay? But today, today was different. Today, her voice was not going on a radio, it was not going on a TV ad, no. The director asked her, so Nats, do you have a pseudonym that you want to use for this gig? So Nats is like, wait, do I need to? Because I normally just use my name, why would I need a pseudonym? And the director says, oh yeah, I highly recommend it. You don't want those weirdos tracking you down, even in a whole other country, they'll track you down. So Nats lived in South Africa, which, sure, there's a lot of grow jobs here, but you see them a lot more in America. Like, it's kind of a Western thing. That's probably the biggest market for grow jobs. I don't know. Maybe it's something about the Americans and the interchangeable heads. Grow jobs. What the hell is grow jobs? Oh, you're getting ahead of yourself, big boy. Maybe it's something about the Americans and the interchangeable heads. So Nats, she thought about it for a moment before answering, and she said into the microphone, Cutter cookie cutter. Honestly, she's pretty pleased. And the director laughs this big hearty laugh through her headset and he says, all right, Nats, as long as you're anything but cookie cutter, let's get you warmed up with some moaning. I always find that's the best way. And Nats starts 
moaning into the mic. Did I tell y'all this is like 18 plus? And slowly that moaning turns to intense, dirty talk. She's getting into the character and the director is like, damn Nats, you're a natural. But the thing is, Nats wasn't a natural. It was actually a talent. A practice, really. Practice makes perfect, you know? And that is better than being a natural. That's called being a goddamn professional. And Nat and her three friends, they were also professionals. So she had three best friends. We have Zukiswa, Mel, and Luvo. They always met up at those like happy hour brunches. You know the ones that I'm talking about? Every single town has them. I don't care what country you're in, but they're always on the sidewalk. And it's like the wobbly sidewalks where your chairs are kind of wobbling out. People are walking past. There's different smells wafting in and out of the city. The food's mediocre. The summer heat, unbearable but the gin and tonics are spectacular and they're bottomless that's why they're there so they're all leaning on their wobbly little patio chairs and you know one of the friends is like what are you getting uh i'm not sure i need some protein though like this menu doesn't even look like it has a lot of protein oh god you oblivious little meat eater and since they're close friends, Luvo starts jokingly fighting back. He's like, you guys are too much vegan talk. Like, we have evolved into these big, beautiful human brains of ours, thanks to our animal protein-eating ways. There's just too many self-righteous vegans these days. Besides, I will have you know that I only eat lab-grown cruelty-free meat. Thank you very much. So Nats and Luvo, they roll their eyes at each other while the rest of the group change the subject. So Nats and Luvo, they were roommates. They were always bickering. Just da -da -da -da. They're like siblings in that sense. So the friend says, so Nats, tell us about your new gig, your new big acting job. Go ahead, spill the details. And so she's smiling and she says, please, all my jobs are acting jobs, even the radio commercials. Yeah, well, tell us about it anyway. It's so cool. I've never like heard of anyone doing it. I mean, what do you want to know? And Mel lights another cigarette while, Nat while Nats grimaces at her and lets her know, yeah, no, that's stinky. I really hate that you would stop smoking. It's one of the reasons that we're stuck at this outdoor seating in this type of heat. And Mel leans back into her chair and says, well, go on, like, tell us everything. What's the script like? Mm, meh. The script was uninspiring. I had to like ad-lib most of it, but it was pretty standard stuff. And Nats just straight up starts moaning and talking dirty out loud. The nearby tables <laughs> go silent and they're just looking at her. A lot of them are staring at her. There's like girls on the side that's like trying to be pick me. So that's like, ooh, I would never do something like that. An old lady walks past, gives Nats a dirty little look and speeds off as fast as she can, which She's like 90, it's like one mile a million years. She's like so slow. But the group, they don't care. They never cared. This is their life. So Nat goes on to say, you know, it's the standard stuff. But also there's like no surprise to it. You know, the, the praise stuff was pretty standard. The, you know what I'm talking about. It's not even sexual. The, oh my God, you're so interesting and funny. What a great joke. I've never met someone like you. Or the, wow, you're so wonderful. I'm so lucky. How did I ever end up with someone like you? And Zia's so grossed up. She's pretending to uh, gag, throw up in her hands. Ew, 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 ew. Okay, that's all I needed to hear. We're good. Thank you. But Luvo says, but nuts. Aren't you worried about the actual problems about this job? Like, think about it. You're putting yourself out of business, don't you think? How are you going to go back to doing commercials about Planet Fitness Pizza? 
the thing that Stephanie Sue made up. When you're like the little mermaid that gave her voice to the sea witch who wants to destroy her, you know? Don't you think you've like sold your soul to the devil? Or I guess your voice to the devil? No, I'm just diversifying. Besides, it's not like my clients have that kind of cash to blow on a grow job. Yeah, God. I still don't know anyone could actually have sex with one of those things. They don't even have heads. It's disgusting. Did you know that? Nats is like, well, you eat lab-grown meat, Lubo, don't you? Yeah, but you couldn't pay me to fuck it. So you're like, what the hell is a grow job? Yeah, okay? What are you saying right now? And why are people fucking it? And why is Nat the voice actor for grow jobs? So in the very, very near future, because, you know, before we need flying cars or even universal healthcare or <laughs> women's rights, right, we have grow jobs. It all started gradually. Like, this is not one of those things that just came up out of nowhere and was like, yoo-hoo, society, you want to fuck a bag of meat? Do you want to stick your eggplant in this new thing we created? No. The public had to ease into it. That's how stuff like this works, right? So at first it started with lab-created meat. Not farm-raised meat, lab-created meat, where they would genuinely be raised in a blissful world with no pain and they would die a painless death and humans could consume things like beef and chicken without feeling any little scar on their conscience. It was less of a farm and more of a gene experimentation facility. And it worked. Chickens, cows, turkeys, they were all created in labs. And sure, they're gonna be pricier than the farm ones, like the real ones, but they're cruelty-free. And once the public warmed up to that and it became the new organic grass-fed trend, and I don't know, maybe it tasted fantastic, I don't know, right? They started uh, getting behind it. And this was the humane way. Now, if you don't buy lab-grown meat, you're inhumane. And soon, some doctors thought, okay, Wait, 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 if we're replacing chickens with chickens from a lab, we can replace humans with humans from a lab. I mean, get this, okay, think about it. Let's say you need a liver transplant. We will grow a liver for you, and it's not necessarily gonna be like a clone or anything like sci-fi like that. It's just, it's like a bag of meat and bones. We're literally curating a liver and then taking that liver out, and this bag of meat and bones, like beef in the fridge, would just go bad. You know, and you can compost it, and then you get a liver, and it's compatible with humans. I thought they do that already. So they and grow like, it in pigs. Oh, uh, oh, they grow it on the animal. Yes, but it's yeah. not that. Uh, it's not that advanced yet. Got it's it. still behind. Yeah. So this is like in the next ten years, and according to the 2032 Accord, these organ donors are created with no brain stems. Essentially, they do not have sufficient brain stems to generate consciousness. Therefore, therefore, they are not classified as clones or humans, nor are they even subject to any AI laws. Like they can't even be sentient. The only thing that makes them somewhat human is that they have a nervous system. So if you put their hand up like this, they could probably hold it there for a second or two. Like, they could keep a position. What? But wait, wait, wait. But they can't be like, I'm right. going to put my hand up. Right. So they don't, basically, it's like they don't have a brain. Yeah. It's like a brainless human. Wow, that's pushing it. That's really pushing it, right? But then wow. when you look at all these humans with brains that have developed all these interpersonal connections with family and friends, I don't know. Could you really look at a seven-year-old and go, no, you can't have a liver. Sorry. You know, it's kind of hard. So listen, I'm not saying this is the right way. I'm just saying like, this is how the book explains it, okay? Don't come for me. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just here crying over my
butter. <laughs> like, <laughs> might have microwaved a little too long. Yeah, he's the most aggressive microwaver I know. <laughs> so that means that you don't have to worry about robo uprisings or pesky human rights because who cares about those? You can just get a free liver. It's not free though, is it? Because these companies will charge you. But it's better than dying, right? At least you can pay off your loan. And you don't have to feel bad when you cut open one of these and take their liver because they have no consciousness. This was the medical breakthrough the world needed. And it completely eradicated black market trade in organs. People were no longer being kidnapped to have their organs stolen. Nobody was selling organs. And the public liked this a lot more you know, than what the medical world was doing right before, which was growing ears on rats and trying to grow human organs inside of pigs. The public would rather create a humanoid and kill it for their organs versus, dare I say, I don't know, growing a lung inside of a pig, because that's gross. That's what they thought. Now, this marketing on this medical advancements was very strategic because in essence, organic grows, which is what they call them, were not very pretty. They're headless torsos. They don't have arms or legs unless those were needed as replacements. Oh my god. Literally just torsos, but could you really call it that? Because it's not like they have a... I mean... Yeah. So the medical organic girls also have no sexual characteristics. So they have no orifices, no identifying marks, and they come in the universal beige pink Caucasian color. Because um, it's, a, it's a shade that's a bit too pale, like they've been held hostage and they've never seen the sun before. But why you ask? According to the book, because in the world of organ transplants, racism lives on and people want their organs from bespoke white people. So. Okay. They just come in a beige pink color. Um, would you look at one of those things and think to yourself, I would love to create a spicy hot dog sandwich and just smash my body parts up against that thing. Definitely not. Like if you do, you need help. You need to go see a therapist ASAP. You might be the next Ted Bundy. But a company came along and was like, we want you to. What? We want you to want to smash your genitals up to it. They're called Glory Morning. A uh, Bahama-based teledildonics. <laughs> company and um, it, it, okay think about it they said if you license the organogrow technology and create actual living warm bodies with a few minor tweaks at the developmental stage to insert hormones to grow sexual characteristics including breasts genitals whatever you need i mean it's perfect the dolls they don't need to eat they don't poop nothing all you have to do is submerge the dolls in a nutrient bath every single night and the organogrows they're still good enough to feel almost human. This is actually like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Like a very... Oh, but even better thought out. This is the perfect human that any guy would want. Dare I say any guy? Or should I say any, like half the guys? I don't know. Like, <laughs> so patriarchal. But <clears throat> organic girls, they have no thoughts of their own. So they have no thoughts. They're not uh -huh. a thinking human. Uh, so you're saying guys like girls that don't even think. Some guys, horrible guys, <laughs> not you, because I got too many thoughts, actually. <laughs> but these girls, they still have a nervous system that can hold themselves in specific positions. positions. Yeah. You can even download free or premium paid voice actors for your phone, for your doll. Maybe you want a southern accent for your southern belle of yours. Or maybe you want a British dominatrix. Or maybe you want the California girl accent and you can pretend that she's your assistant or something. 
But most importantly, the company put a lot of money into making sure that you could just pop off the heads and replace it with a new one. Just decapitate your girlfriend, decapitate your grow job, then when you get sick of her, give her a new head, a new voice downloaded via your mobile app, okay, from the library, and it's a completely new person. I mean, a completely new doll. What's the difference? All right. <laughs> the company that creates the largest inventory of organic grows, um, they just make heads. Like you have the glory morning, they create the bodies. And then you have a company that just makes heads, different heads. They're the biggest supplier. They create them from medical grade silicone. And um, the teeth look real teeth, but they don't feel like real teeth. So perfect to cater to every. Oh my gosh. Pivot. But they come at a high, high price. To get a full set with one head is $20,000. But the argument that, I don't know, like Andrew Tate would have is, this is your dream girl. Don't you think that you can splurge a little more than that? Because think about it. You think you can hang out with the hottest model? No, you can't. You're a loser. And if you could, you'd have to blow more than 20K. You think those want less than 20k they're out here hustling you they're fucking gold diggers this one you can keep locked up in the closet forever she can't even move the companies also have special models that have alarmingly disturbing names like little little broken bunny decapa girl which yeah they're like exactly what it sounds like and another argument is that uh once you're done with your girl job or your organic girl um you could just if you get sick while you're dating her cut her open take her liver <laughs> Bring her to the hospital and take her heart if you need a transplant. Let's say you're dating your little organic girl and then your mom is having kidney failure. Just open my baby up. Take a kidney. Not a big deal. Say goodbye to your girlfriend. Hello to a new life where you can get a new girlfriend. So inevitably, you get the content around it. You know, YouTubers, journalists, and the likes, they're writing the same title for their content. I tried a grow job so you don't have to. <laughs> for real? Yeah. Okay. And a lot of important conversations have stemmed from this, like, are we catering to the soon-to-be serial killers and the violent abusers and the cannibals? I mean, we're desensitizing them and normalizing odd behaviors in the house. So selling an organic girl is one thing, but we don't know what they're doing to these girls. We don't know how kosher it is, we don't know how legal it is, like, we don't know. But some people try to argue, no, we're giving the abusers a victim-free outlet that'll help them control their urges. I'm inclined to believe the former, just because from my research, but this is what people are posting online about. Reddit has even dedicated multiple subs to um, grow jobs. Yeah, there's one called Adopt a Grow Girl. It's like the biggest subreddit for this. And a Redditor had posted, and this is how they're talking about the grow girl. This very good grow girl came home with me today. Meet my Mandy, 18 years old, fresh out of the vat and perfect in every way. And he included a video of Mandy, which is just a blank-faced girl that looks lost and her big blue eyes are staring off into the abyss. Her long blue hair is like in bunches and she's in a panda onesie sitting on the edge of the bed. And the onesie is like very sexual, it's like zipped down and you just see a lot. And the guy is like recording her excitedly saying, Mandy, Mandy, say hello to my Reddit friends. Mandy, say hi. So the Reddit post continues, and a guy named Carl, of course, comments, Oh, fuck yeah, boy, you put her through the paces yet? He said, what do you think? It's been five minutes since they delivered her already. That's what I'm talking about. If that were me, I would insert a lot of aggressive, scary things. 
Some commenters were less vulgar and asking more questions like, what are the specs? Looks like an LXS Grow 4. What's her depth? What about her measurements? And the boys being boys, they start joking around, depth? She doesn't have any. And then another one comments, oh, then like normal then, huh? Uh-huh, huh, huh, huh. And the forum explodes in laughter, okay? Fucking comedians. And very quickly, everyone is back to business. Like, they want OP to show Mandy unclothed. They want very specific angles. They're talking about Mandy this, Mandy like, like, they're talking about her like she's an object, which, I don't know, is she? I'm so confused. <laughs> but what's worse is that the way that the author writes about it, it's, I don't know if maybe reading it as, Maybe reading it as a girl makes it different, but it's scary because I've seen people talk about real women like that. Yeah. So it's overall very alarming and unsettling. Mm -hmm. Like genuinely, it's not even like this is the future. We don't need organic girls because people talk about real women like that. So like that's the scary part. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And the OP tries to tell everybody, now, 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 rein it in, gentlemen. Mandy is my good girl, and she's true to her one master. And then the rest of the forum start dogging on OP for not showing them more, you know? And they say, oh, you're a simp. I thought it was bros a before simp. hoes. And then everyone's like, yeah, don't you know? It's bros before hoes and then bros before grows. So you're like, wait, are they all like that? Are any of the people that have grow jobs cool? Side note, here's a very interesting question. If you, how would you judge someone for having a grow girl? Um, I mean, I guess not if that's the society, I mean. Mm -hmm. Leave it in the comments. Like, is this a red flag for you? Is it an ick? I mean, if you're yeah. dating someone, probably, maybe, right? No, like, but what if, um, you're like, hey, what was your last relationship like? Like, what was your relationship with your ex? And they're like, oh, I don't know, it was a girl girl. Um, Would you be like, oh, you still got her in your, like, closet somewhere? Or like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, am I going to come over? And she's just, like, on the bed. Like, welcome home. I'd be like, what? <laughs> so maybe all of them are not like that. A guy named Joe had a grow job, and... Well, he loved it. He loved to go into his little grow job girl app and hit the romance intimate conversation button. And almost instantly, the grow job girl's eye would go wide and she would say, I love you. And it was a weird accent. He couldn't really quite place it. It's like a mixture of British and New Zealander. It was beautiful. <laughs> Joe pushes the button again and she says, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And Joe reaches around to put his arm around her and he says, I love you too. And he nestles his head into her neck. 
And those aren't the only like wild stories that came out of Grow Girls and Organic Grows. Another point of contention being that there were rampant rumors of cannibalism. Some were true, some what? were not. For example, people were accusing specific men of buying Grow Girls just to eat them because they were cannibals. Um, there was another example of a Florida chef who was accused of serving human organic grow meat to his restaurant patrons. The news turned out to be false, but it just kind of opened the door to the conversation of, would that even be legal? And the answer was yes. There are not specific laws that you cannot consume organic grow meat. But scientists and doctors say that even though there are no legal repercussions, Eating human flesh, even from organic grows, may increase the risk of diseases that are historically linked to cannibalism. So yeah, not everybody is obsessed with grow jobs. It's quite a controversial thing, even in that society. There's people who are completely against it. There are people that think organic grows need their own like justice system, their own lawyers, right? And honestly, I don't know. Like all these parties, I like see their point. And Scott Parker was a natural at what he did, and he hated, he hated organic grows. So Scott Parker in this book, I'm gonna be honest with you, he is definitely modeled after Jordan Peterson. So like, he's mic'd up in the back of the stage, sipping caffeine, you know, in his little suit, cause you know, Jordan Peterson. He's trying to hype himself up to go back out there again and again. Maybe he could just walk away from all of this. Maybe he could just go out there and tell his audience, hey, instead of paying hundreds of dollars for these tickets, just watch my fucking YouTube videos. It's literally the same shit. Or I don't know, buy my book and actually read it and apply it to your life instead of wasting money coming to ask me about the questions in the book that I've already answered that you are not reading. Like he's kind of upset. I'm just gonna, that wasn't my emotion, that was his emotion. So despite the fact that he's jet lagged and exhausted and emotionally over it, he knows he has to go up on stage again and scream and shout and yell at all these people who are feeding his family. <laughs> and through these thoughts, he hears the crowd chanting for Dr. Scott Parker, Scott Parker. And he strides out onto stage with his undeniably striking presence. You know, he's tall, he's put together. He's in the best shape of his life at 56 years old. He looks like a role model guys would love. And he feeds into it. The minute he gets onto stage, he's got his arms wide and he's screaming, rise up. <laughs> what? Like a cult, rise up, rise up. And the men in attendance, they're like howling, barking, growling, and foaming at the mouth to like lick Scott Parker. And they just need Scott Parker, you know? And after Scott's presentation, the one that everyone could have watched or like read in his book because he just like says the same stuff every time. He provided no new information is what I'm trying to say. After it, there's a Q&A. And Scott is just so freaking over it. He wants to check the tumble. That's beautiful. Split into uh, 38 gram per ball. I'm gonna eyeball it. How many into balls? Into like do I need? a little thing with a little, and then to po po poke a little hole in the middle. So you gotta do it like a nice circular deep one, yeah. Scott Parker is a professional. He doesn't want people to think that after they paid $335 a piece to be here to feel like he's over it. So he breathes in. Breathes out and he focuses on breathing while he watches the very first attendee walk up to the podium. Scott knows the type. Dark hair hanging in front of his eyes. Rick and Morty shirt, dark blue jeans, nervously fidgeting, can barely make eye contact with anyone in the crowd. He's shielding his body with one arm. It's uncomfortable. He keeps moving the arm up. Oh, is this natural? Moves it down. Oh, is this natural? It's almost as if the arm is going to shield him from judgment and the stares or the snorts of giggles if he says something stupid. Scott knows the type. 
So the guy walks up to the mic and he clears his throat. <clears throat> thank you to thank you for coming to talk with us today, Mr. Parker. It's an honor to have you sharing your wisdom and insight. It's a privilege to be here. Did you have a question? Well, it's more of a comment or maybe it's a question. I don't know. So in a society where young men are angry, and Scott is like, okay, I know where this guy is going with it. I'm just going to finish his sentences. So he feels a boost of confidence. Uh, so he says, yes, young men are rightfully angry. You've been told that your masculinity is poisonous to society and it's all your fault. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's hard to know what to do or what to say. And everything you do just seems so wrong these days. Yeah. Exactly. And the worst part is, is how being told repeatedly that your masculinity creates a poison. But that poison poisons you with self-loathing, guilt, shame. It's not fair, is it? To be made feel bad for being who you are? Yeah. All of that. <laughs> <laughs> really do be looking like dongs. I mean, honestly, cookie is a cookie, right? Does shape matter that much? Let your cookie be whatever it wants to look like. Every cookie is delicious. Once in a while, you should wash your cookie, though. What? <laughs> it's a butthole. It's the chocolate highway. That's a lot. <laughs> Anyways, the attendee is like, yeah, so like, when you don't know what to say or do with women, I mean, yes. You don't know what to say or what to do with women because of toxic messaging in society that has overtaken the cultural narrative. Exactly. Exactly. So like with all of that going on, is it really so... Is it really so... Is it really like a failure to... What if I use a grow girl and the crowd is silent? They all know what's coming. Because maybe they know Scott Parker a little bit better than this guy does. Scott does too. He takes his time. He doesn't take his eyes off the young man and he, he takes his moment to really think about it. Or at least pretend to think about it. And Scott Parker strides to the front of the stage to get closer to the audience. And, you know, he's no longer behind his little podium. He's vulnerable now, yet strong. Oh, that's so loud, sorry. <laughs> he's everything in the young men in the crowd aspire to be. He's... They're king. And with a commanding voice, Scott says, if you are broken, what do you do? Uh, get up. And whose responsibility is that? Mine. Always mine. It's yours. But there is another culpability here, isn't there? Uh, I don't know. Who's responsible for breaking down men and undermining you? Making you feel this way? For bringing out the rage and the chaos, huh? Society? Society. And women. Women. Women or society are breaking us down. What's your name, young man? Um, um is not a name. Kyle? Kyle Castronino, sir? I mean, Dr. Parker. Aren't you worthy, Kyle? Yes. Say it. I'm worthy. Of what? Of love. Yes. You are worthy of being loved and loving a real person and not those revolting, repulsive fleshlights of a woman. You are worthy, Kyle Castronino, of a good woman who will stand by your side and will support you and care for you and love you. But, but what, Kyle? Where do I find someone? I mean, I've, I've tried. My heart breaks for you, Kyle. For all of you, really. 
for all of us, for how society has twisted us, for how it makes us feel worthless and unworthy and lets you think that you should settle for a repulsive meat bag or a sex robot or a sex worker who doesn't even care about you. The very personification of dark chaotic energy using your real human needs for love and intimacy against you. For what? For money? Is that how you want to live? Is that all you think that you guys are worthy of? I'm gonna tell you guys one thing and one thing only. Are you ready? Do not settle. Never fucking settle. <laughs> I don't know if this is Jordan Peterson. Listen, he said some repulsive stuff, but it's giving Andrew Tate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's going on? It's giving a lot of Andrew Tate right now. See, I love tiramisu. I don't really make tiramisu because, well, I suck. But also you have to like refrigerate it for so long. It's not like Nat was settling for the money. She genuinely enjoyed what she did. You know, the clients were normally nice. Well, at least Hank was. Hank was a marketing director that always paid up front. He was polite, never wanted to chit chat, just wanted to get straight into it. He doesn't want to talk about his job. He doesn't want to complain about his wife like the other ones. If anything, if his wife were to come up in the conversation, Hank had nothing but praise for her. He said, my wife is beautiful. Our intimate life is wonderful. There's just an itch that she's not scratching. An itch 10 inches deep in the chocolate highway. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like a very specific itch, okay? For real? Yes. Okay. And uh, he doesn't want to ask her to burden her with his favor, so that's why Nat is here. He has like no feelings for Nat. He sees her like once every two-ish weeks, gets it out of his system, goes and has the most wonderful life with his wife. Am I condoning this? No, okay, but it's just oh, very wait, fascinating. Wait, wait. He sleeps with Nat. Well, not the robot. Nat sleeps with him. Oh. So Nat has perfectly decorated her house for this occasion. Her cat, Sir Floof, is on the leather couch. Uh, the blinds are drawn. Hank's favorite music is playing. See, attention to detail in the small things have clients coming back for more and more. Nat gets a rubber mattress pad on her bed under the black satin sheets. Everything is just easier to clean that way. And next to the bed, she's laid out an intense selection of different objects. The doorbell rings. That must be Hank. She opens the door and he says, Hey Jeannie, missed you. And remember, no small talk. So they get straight down to business. Yeah, he calls her Jeannie. He doesn't know her name. And normally Nat is really attentive to her customer. She's good at silencing her phone, making sure the customer doesn't feel like she's being paid to be there, even though that's very much the case. Those were her rules. And they worked. She was a professional after all. But today, it's like the stars were aligned to up. Jeannie is lost trying to do her job with Hank and he, he, he reminds her in an agitated voice, your phone is going crazy, you might need to get that. Oh shit, I didn't even realize, god I'm so sorry, okay, stay right here, I'll be right back. So she rushes to her phone and each step closer to the phone, she, she starts feeling this bubbling anxiety and maybe it's because as she's getting closer, she can hear the literal vibration of the phone from the kitchen counter, it's like bzzz, bzzz, right? Strange, like who the hell is blowing up her phone to this degree? And is Hank getting annoyed? Is he upset? So she sees that she has 12 missed calls from her mom, three missed calls from her sister, and a few from her friends. Her first thought is, did somebody die? Oh my God. Uh, I'm so sorry, Hank, can you give me one second? She puts on a thin robe and rushes out to the balcony and closes the door behind her. The phone starts vibrating in her hand again. H Hello, mom? What's going on, everything okay? and in the most heartbroken voice that Nat has ever heard her mom say. Her mom just says, Natalie. And she knew. 
Natalie's heart started racing. She could feel her pulse in her temples. She knew the floodgates had opened and her life was over. She ran inside and she told Hank that she had to reschedule and she was so sorry. You know, being the kind person that he is, he offered to drive her to her mom's house, but Nats declined. She would never cross a boundary like that, even in times this desperate and even with a client that she really liked. So she Ubered. And the whole way there, she just kept thinking to herself, I mean, how? How does this make sense? How on earth did they get her number or her details? She was scared to open up any social media and she deeply regretted it the minute that she opened up Twitter. Her eyes fell on the scathing words, Those words didn't even hurt. Not as much as the threats. Like, you got a dirty mouth that I would like to insert really graphic details. So her identity was leaked. Someone wrote, I stand for you, Natalie Adams. Your sweet voice has done wonders to my body. Insert all the disgusting, deplorable things that this guy did while listening to her voice. I mean, it was all out there. Her full name, everything, even her address. Her emails were flooded with pictures and videos, pictures of grow girls, pictures of videos of grow girls with Nat's voice, pictures and videos of people playing her voice in the back while aggressively beating their eggs and sausages for breakfast. Some emails were just threats of essay and murder. Nat's hands were shaking. She knew that she had just, she's headed down a deep dark circle of hell. She couldn't even put the phone down. It's like she was getting into a car accident. She had the front row tickets. She's in the passenger side. Like, how do you not look? It almost feels safer to look because you need to know what's coming, right? You need to know what people are saying, right? After all, hashtag cookie cutter exposed was trending on Discord and Twitter. So Nats felt outrage and disbelief. Like, how did they know her name? How did they find out it's her? I mean, I guess it's the internet. I guess they find out everything. I mean, it's like the way that she knows her Uber driver's name and where he's from and that he's a good conversation starter and that he has a 4.7 rating. So Nat tries to silently sob in the back while she kept doom scrolling. Someone had leaked old personal photos, family photos, pictures of Nat at a family wedding, kayaking on the blue waters with her sister. And that's when Nat lost it all. She saw a comment that said, 10 out of 10 would fuck baby sister cookie cutter too. And she was screaming now, throwing her phone at the back of the seat in front of her, hoping, I don't know, maybe it would smack the commenter in the face, even though that she knew it wouldn't. Instead, the phone bounced off the back of the seat cushion and hit the back seat window. The Uber driver was so startled that he swerves to the side, almost causing a car accident. Another car honks aggressively. It was a near miss. The driver's so pissed off at this point, he pulls to the side of the road, turns around to look at Nat and says, no, almost like a stern father disciplining his child. No, you do not behave like this in my car. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I was just so upset I wasn't thinking. I can see that, but you don't treat people like this. You don't try to damage my car. I'm still paying for it. Every day I drive, I'm paying for it. You could have caused an accident. You could have hurt people. I'm sorry, I'm really sorry, but something terrible happened, something really horrible. I should cancel this trip. No, please don't, please don't do that, please. I need to get home. My sister, she's 15 years old. I need to get to her. I don't know what to do. It's my fault, please. Do you have a sister? And he shakes his head and says, I don't need to have a sister to know that you're having a bad time. Then please don't cancel, please. I'll even tip extra. I have extra cash on me. I expect you to act better in my car. Thank you. Okay, thank you, really. I Thank you so much. Now is really sobbing now because kindness will do that to you. And before he drives off, he leans to the back and hands her a Kit Kat. Here, the sugar will help. And it did. For a second. 
until Nat was back home and she saw the look on her family's face. They weren't disappointed in her. It wasn't like that. They were just scared for her. They were terrified for her. They felt like they had to protect her, but like how? They knew nothing about this world. They were in over their heads. The companies didn't care that Nat had just been exposed, that she had been doxxed. They didn't pull her voice from the library. For example, here's some mini Organigro stories. Angelo had been spending all day cooking up lasagna. It was his way of showing his wife how much he loved her. The single rose in the vase, last time she said she liked it, so of course he was gonna do it again. He even whipped out the good wine glasses that he bought. He looked up from the table where he had just set down the warm lasagna, and Peggy asked him, in Nat's voice, how was your day, my darling? And she looked at him adoringly. And this was love. Angelo didn't even care that the lip sync was off, you know? <laughs> he poured himself a glass of wine and tilted his towards hers. Clink. Ugh, ready to kill my boss. He can't even manage his way out of a damn paper bag, but he's telling me what to do. Fucking asshole. And how do you feel about that? I guess frustrated. Yeah, really frustrated and angry. I mean, what the hell? Like, it's not fair. And he probably gets, what, four times my salary? I should be paid more for putting up with this shit. I think I understand how you feel, my love. Thanks, babe. You always get it. And you're always there for me. And after a moment of silence, Peggy smiles and looks up from her untouched plate and says, How was your day, my darling? Not was everywhere. In people's houses, sharing the most intimate moments with people that she's never met and didn't want to meet ever. She had... She had all these people that had these attachments to her, but in a very sexual way. It was confusing. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. So she had to go into full lockdown mode, disconnect her number, her mom had to quit her job, her sister was being pulled from school, and their whole lives were being flipped upside down. 
And Nat just kept screaming, I mean, how? How did they find me? And her little sister said, It's not that hard, Nat. You just do a reverse audio search and match the particularities of your tone. And once they figure that out and the origin of your accent, I mean, it's not that hard to figure out who it is. All those bloody radio commercials, I mean, it's so easy to track down. And Nat felt betrayed. All those cute little gigs that you, she did. You're going places, living your best life. Don't you want an insurance policy that goes with you and grows with you? So Nat's mom is trying to comfort her, but nothing in this world could soothe the anger, the terror in Nat. Her mom tried to pat her on the back while she cried. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And what is Nat supposed to say to that? It is her fault. Her sister can't even go to school anymore. Instead, she sits on her bed and zones out or watches Netflix and cuddles the dog too aggressively. The dog doesn't even like her anymore. It's like she hugs the dog in hopes that if she hugs the dog hard enough, she'll be free from this nightmare. Like she's looking for some comfort that seems impossible to attain. The whole family smashed their phone screens with a hammer. Again and again. And it's not like you could just go out and get some damn fresh air. Someone had graffitied meat puppet whore on their garage in giant red letters. They misspelled whore. This was the worst thing that had ever happened to their family. And Nat felt fully responsible. This was even worse than the time that Nat had a fling and she filed a domestic violence report against her boyfriend. The police looked up and down and says, well, it says right here that you've been arrested before for sex work. Before Nat could even respond, her mom jumped in. And what does that have to do with this? That her fucking boyfriend just hit her. This is a domestic violence report. What does sex work have anything to do with this? And Nat had year tears in her eyes. That's fine, mom. I'm over it. This is how the world works. They're going to treat me like this for the way that I pay my bills. It's just the way it is. And she got up from her squeaky police chair, one eye swollen shut, and her mom was so pissed. Wow. Mom, just leave it. Let's go. I don't even care. Karma's gonna get him. Karma never got him. Okay. But why does it look like that now? I should have made the holes better. Um, this seems dangerous. Okay. Ah! 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 Wow, it looks really good and cute. Are you kidding? Can I eat it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, we got to, forgot to dust the cocoa powder. Oops. Whoa, honey, okay, easy. Don't take that one. That was my fault. It's so cute. Boom. Whoa, it's so hot. I can't taste anything. It's so dry. So dry. Tiramisu is supposed to be like really runny. Moist. I can't eat this. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Hmm. How is it with extra cream? Still so dry. Yeah. I'm upset. But Nats is more upset, you know? These are the thoughts that are running through Nats's mind while her family is out buying groceries. They're bracing the world for her. You know, their faces are out there. Their information is out there. Everybody would stop and stare, and Nats felt guilty. So guilty, in fact, that she walked into the bathroom and drank whatever she could find. There wasn't anything in the medicine cabinet, so she drank a mixture of different highly toxic cleaning products and then laid down in bed, no. waiting to die. But instead, she would wake up at the hospital with a tube down her throat. Her mom was sitting in the corner of the room, anxiously shuffling her feet. Nats can't talk. All she can do is let the tears slip down the sides of her face. 
Not too long after, when visiting hours finally opened up, her friends rushed into the hospital room. They had moist eyes, tissues in their hands. They'd been crying on the way here. But now, they were pretending to be brave. And that's new, Ed. She appreciated it. And Z yelled at her, What the fuck were you thinking? You cannot let them get to you. You cannot let those fuckers, those piece of trash, get to you. Malik quietly walks up to her bed and shoves his phone to her face and swipes. Here's that jerk of a cat that you like so much. He's sleeping on my laptop these days. And he lets out a weak smile. Nats tries to smile back. But the truth is, she's disappointed that she's still alive. She doesn't want to talk. She doesn't want to do anything. She just wants it to be over. But it would be far from over. Because the leak happened. The malfunction, if you will. The hack, if you will. James was one of the first ones hit. He was holding Tiffany's hand on the couch, and it was her first time watching Seinfeld, and it was honestly a privilege to show it to her. Even though that she laughs at all the wrong moments, it's fine. That's besides the point. This is what James had wanted his whole life. Someone to share these small, mundane, yet such exciting moments with. He even had her nails done for the occasion. Sure, the nail salon thought it was ridiculous, and he could hear them making fun of him, and whispering about him, and talking about him, but did he care? No. He even hired a makeup artist to teach him how to do Tiffany's makeup. And sure, it was a bit smudged, but, you know, that's what some good old-fashioned fun will do to you. So James looked over, watching Tiffany watching the TV, and he grabbed her perfectly manicured soft hands and tugged at her, pulling, pulling her closer to him. For the first time ever, he let out a genuine smile. It's great, isn't it? James's eyes went to the phone screen that lit up next to him. Lori Morning was updating. About fucking time. James wasn't the only one excited about the new update. Thousands of people were waiting anxiously because every single update, the voice becomes more realistic. The lip syncing becomes more realistic. You get extra bodily perks. You know? Maybe there's like a self-driving mode. I don't know, right? So he's updating and installing the new software. They said that it was going to make them feel even more conversationable make them more sophisticated. But now, Mandy and Tiffany were standing there staring at their respective partners, owners, humans, boyfriends, I don't know. And they stood there saying in the same voice, the voice of Nat, you're the worst. You disgust me. Everybody despises you. You don't have a life and even your mother hates you. <laughs> what? It sounds like their laughs are dripping with hatred. So the humans rush to their phones and call customer service. What the hell is this? What do you think you're doing? I didn't order the dominatrix voice. Am I being charged for this? And in the back, you can hear the girl girls keep going. You're less than nothing. You're nothing and everyone knows it. Even you know it. One of the guys screams, shut the fuck up. And the customer service can hear him jabbing at his phone, tapping. Hello, please just help me. I'm clipping, I'm clicking the voice off button and she keeps going, please. It was Natalie's voice, but she didn't do this. She would never have wanted this. It was only making things worse. She never said those things. Someone had manipulated her voice and had hacked the Grow Girls. The police had started an investigation, and they were investigating her because they thought this was her revenge for being doxxed. And the hack was hurting a lot of people around the world. A lot of people and things, AIs. There were reports coming from around the globe um, of bodies being found. A guy named Joe said it was heartbreaking to push his girlfriend into the nutrient bath to drown her. She gurgled bath water and repeated in a monotone voice, You're pathetic. You should kill yourself. He couldn't drown her. That's not how the girl girls work. But he tried. 
Another incident consisted of bloody body parts being found in the local dumpster. The limbs had been dismembered. There were 47 stab wounds to the torso, and her nails had just been done. It took a while for the police to realize that it wasn't human. It wasn't a murder case. It was a grow girl that had been killed. Another incident had the police rushing into a man's house only to find that he had already hung himself. His face was purple, his eyes were bulging, urine was trickling down his legs. Meanwhile, a grow girl was stationed at the couch repeating the words in the dark apartment. Do us all a favor and end it. You're disgusting, piece of trash. You're nothing, you're less than nothing. You call this a life? The police found body after body, some of them shot, stabbed, some of them hacked open with an axe. It took the police valuable days, time, resources to determine that the bodies didn't belong to actual humans. They were all grow girls. It's all anyone could talk about on the news. Even Scott Parker was asked for commentary on the Prime News segment. And he shook his head and he said, It's such a tragedy what's been going on, but the most horrific thing is, is that it was inevitable, wasn't it? Couldn't you see it coming from the moment that they released those things into the market? I mean, I certainly did. The news anchor tried to argue. I don't think anyone anticipated that they would have been hacked. Yes, but this is what happens when you fake intimacy. This is why we need monogamous relationships. These lone wolves are lonely and they're desperate and society has turned its back on them. It's made them the problem. They need wives. It's about balance. The male energy needs the feminine energy to even it out and vice versa. Think of all the people who could have been saved from these terrible events if one human, if one woman, just one, was willing to give one of these guys a chance. Oh my god. Don't you think that's worth the sacrifice? And the news anchor is like, I don't really think... Yeah, and that's your problem, isn't it? I don't mean to be rude, but you don't think, do you? Could we move on to the next question, please? It felt like the world was ending. Nobody would ever be the same again. Anytime you turned on the news or even opened your phone, another suicide, another body found in the dumpster was trending. The guys had turned on their grow girls, just like they had turned on real women. The Adopt a Grow Girl subreddit was even seeing some shifts in their post. One wrote, you remember the Mandy guy? The one that mm -hmm. had Mandy? Yep. He posted, wow, it's been pretty quiet on here recently. Nothing is about to get quieter. I scrapped my sweet Mandy for parts. It was a sad day, but I made my money back. Sad day for my eggplant, but a good day since she's giving all those people her organs. She was always a good girl. Oh, did you get hacked too? No, I never liked the Natalie voice, but I was just, I just wasn't willing to take the risks. Besides, I'm upgrading. See, that's what I'm worried about. Look how bad it got when they only hacked the chip. Imagine someone can actually hack the body. What if they like chop your eggplant off or something? A different commenter wrote, what do you mean you're upgrading? Are you forsaking us? Are you going full sex robot or did you meet someone full human? The real deal, boys, full human. I've learned my lesson. I'll post a video of her when I pick her up from the airport, but it's probably not gonna be on this sub. It'll probably be on the Thai wife life sub. What? like a mail-to-order bride. Wow, what the hell? Still sorting some things out with paperwork though. Who knew spousal visas were so hard? Anyway, we skipped a few times and she's shy, but I can make it work. And that's the end. Listen, this whole thing made me feel so sad. I don't even know what to say. I mean, I think it's really good. The writing was really good. So each chapter is a very different scene. It goes from like people with girl girls to gnats. And some chapters are just Reddit threads. 
Mm. You know, and some chapters are just news articles. That's cool. So it's, they're like building this world. Almost. Yes, you feel like you're in there, and you're on your phone going through like Reddit, and then the news, and then texting your friends. It feels like you're living in that world. It was、mm. so cool to read. Like the, it just, I really loved it. I wouldn't say it's the creepiest or the scariest book, but it's very plausible. Like the technology was never created for these girl girls; it was created for something to better the world, like something everyone could get behind, which is cruelty-free meat, organ donors. But then this spinoff was a result of that. I get it; it was a rather thin plot since it's part of the short story collection by Amazon. But I can't wait to read the author's like full novels. I can only imagine how insane they are. I really love her writing style, and also just the Scott Parker character had like nothing to do with the plot. Genuinely, feel like she threw it in as like a fuck you to Jordan Peterson, which like pretty comical. <laughs> it's a short story, and she's like, "I'm gonna make it half of it a dedicated f you to Jordan Peterson." <laughs> But it did add to the vibes of the story. Like it gave you a full、mm-hmm. realm, so it wasn't pointless. But like you get what I'm saying. I also think that like this would have been a stellar, spectacular, full-length novel, if not a full like trilogy. Ah,、oh. do you think that this will happen in the future? And if so, do you think that these are the same problems that we would face? Yeah, I can see it. What's the difference between how some men treat grow girls and just regular women? Cause I don't see a fucking difference, do you? Anyway, gotta go before I rile myself up for no reason. Sometimes I get so riled up, I'm like, I wish a guy comes up to me and says some shit. What am I gonna do?、Uh, I don't know. <laughs> But in my head, in my house, where there's no threat, I'm like, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna go full on Drew on them. Okay. Let me know in the comments. What are your thoughts on this one? Oh, I like so it. So weird. I like it, I like it right? Yeah. Well, let me know, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll see you guys next Monday for the next fam. Bye. Sorry for the fail. <laughs>